Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we're rediscovering the ancient way around here. Thank you so much for tuning back in for what will hopefully be the conclusion for Judgment is Coming. We have briefly, uh, we're going to just fly through. We have talked about, are you set up to endure or to escape? And then we looked at what I called the meat, kind of the sandwich of the three parts, wading out the floodwaters. And we presented via the account of Noah and the flood event because Yeshua said, just like that, it's going to be like this when the Son of Man returns. So we've got to put a, a microscope on that event of the flood in Noah's day to get some some help to understand what we need to prepare for. What are we looking for? What are we watching for? And so we talked about this principle of wading out the floodwaters and how if we follow the timeline uh, of Noah's um, snippet of time of he and his family and the animals on the ark, it was over a year from when Yahweh said, I'm going to destroy everything and everyone and come out of the ark was over a year of waiting. And that Hebrew word for waiting is a, is a great travailing. Um, it is a, a pained way a writhing about waiting. It is not a casual, you know, you, we see children's books of Noah's Ark and the beautiful rainbow and all, animals all have smiley faces and Noah's family is all excited. Friend, I do not believe it was like that at all. I don't. I, and that does not lessen Yahweh's deliverance. It doesn't lessen his awesome plan of provision and protection and salvation. It doesn't lessen it. In fact, it makes it more real life. It makes it what it should be as what? We now practice and plan for that exact scenario of what if we have to wade out the floodwaters and Yahweh's silent? Are we so confident in our, do we even know his covenantal promises enough to know that we can literally bank our entire lives on saying, Yahweh said he will do this. And so what he said, he will do the end. We wait. Okay? Doesn't make it easier, but it makes it possible, I believe. So now we said we would conclude with what? A, a, a part three of this Judgment is Coming series. We will prepare now. What do we do is the question. We prepare now. Okay? Because again, to go back to our very beginning, the people in Noah's day, they did not understand until the floods came and took them away. So we do not want that to be us. So what do we do now? We realize the prophecies have been given to us. We know what is coming. We even know somewhat of the seasons. If we know the fall feasts, if we know the, the Moedim of Yahweh Elohim, we know these seasons. He told us he will do things in his seasons. He always has. He always will. They weren't just mere types and shadows that are all so old. You no need to look at them. That was all fulfilled in Jesus. Now we only look to Jesus. Yeshua was the embodiment of everything that preceded and continued to point to the future events that we hear now, 2023 and beyond, are waiting to come to pass. Now I get very concerned as we talk about prepare now at people's lack of discernment in this age. Um, the majority seem very busy, very preoccupied, um, very distracted, and not, not really seeing the signs that are there all around us for those who have the eyes to see. Now, I'm not talking about the world now. We're moving to the inclusive body of Messiah. Those who claim to know God and walk in His ways and know and trust and believe um, the Bible and what it tells us. Um, and, and to get kind of back to where we started a little bit and then go put a bow on this, I, the best I can remember, 
I started really questioning um, rapture doctrine and testing it according to the Bible back in around 2005. Um, the more I studied, the more it just didn't line up anymore. Um, the more I began to see how it had contributed to this lethargic church that I, that I saw all around me, I knew all too well. <laughs> um, I, I found this book back then, and it was titled, I Want to Be Left Behind. And this is just a tiny little testimony to that and how, how this is such a, a tough topic for many people to talk about. Um, I had this habit at the time, boy, I sure couldn't do this now, but I had the, to- uh, the habit back then that many times before I would go to work, I would go and I would have breakfast at McDonald's, which is kind of a funny proposition these days. I couldn't imagine eating that every day. It's amazing I'm still alive. But I would eat McDonald's most mornings before I'd go to work, and I got to know this manager just very topically, um, relationally. We would talk on occasion. I often had a book with me. One day I brought this book in, again, titled, I Want to Be Left Behind. And the, the cover was made to look like the Left Behind series, but it was proposing a biblical approach rather than the, the movie's depiction of, you know, the folded clothes on the floor and people screaming, no, where's my, where's Timmy? Oh, and the pastor, you know, the preacher guy who who preached his whole life but never really believed. And he's saying, I knew, I knew it was true. I knew it was true. God, forgive me. And all those horrible apocalyptic Christian movies that just perpetuate this terror at being left behind. Cars crashing and buildings exploding and planes going down. Well, <laughs> this book brought a biblical approach I'm sorry, I get tickled by these things. I think back to those movies. But this book was titled, I Want to Be Left Behind. I'm reading it in McDonald's. I had it with me. I set it down on the counter, and I'm placing my order. And the manager said, "What? what's that book you're reading today? And I picked it up, and I just held it up. And he said, and I knew he was a guy who went to church around the area. I knew he, he attended church. He said, what do you mean you want? Are you serious? He's like stumbling for his words. Are you serious? What do you mean you want to be left behind? And so I just told him, I'm in line at McDonald's. Like, well, if you go by only what the Bible says, the righteous remain and the evil are always removed. They're the ones who are taken away. And it explores like the, the biblical principle about like, I want to be the, the righteous who inherit the land. It's like, man, that's foolishness. Why would anybody read such a... <laughs> <laughs> and and I and then and since then from that point on I've realized boy this is a a very touchy doctrine you got to be very careful who and where and how you bring it up um but I even wrote blog pieces about this 15 years ago now um but the main issue that I always attempted to address is this removal mindset that's the problem and we're not too far out here don't worry we have to get past this escapism mentality where like we just kind of cover our eyes and and just drive it into our minds. God loves me. He would never allow me to suffer. He would never allow me to endure judgment. He would never allow me to be in severe trials because I'm going oh I got to I'm going to go find some psalms that I can read. And as we already said in part 1, God did not appoint me to wrath. And I just I just repeat that in my head over and over again. But there's much more to this. Um, and escapism-fueled beliefs do not make preparations for anything necessary. Why? Again, I'm just out of here. It doesn't matter. Simply put, 
if this is your mindset, you don't plan for events that you don't expect to be a part of. Okay, so the question has to be asked as we as we address in this this closing part of being prepared. Do we need to be prepared? Hopefully we've settled that with a very simple yes, of course we have to. But what if this escapism doctrine is wrong? We've kind of covered that already. But we must sit down and we have to look at what are we preparing for if we're to have any hope that we will found will be found ready like Noah was. What do we need to do now? How do we become, because we have, I like going step by step. Well, Noah did this, did this, did this, did this, this, did this. I'm going in reverse. But the most important piece was Noah was a righteous man. Noah was a righteous man because if he wasn't a righteous man, none of this other stuff would have mattered. There's, you can't prepare for what Yahweh has told us is coming and write out an ark of, an ark of safety that he will tell you and instruct you to build and to ride out, you can't be an obedient man to doing his commands if you're not a righteous man capable of being picked by him to execute his work. You know what I'm saying? We have to go back to the source. Noah was a righteous man. Prepare now. What do we do? We figure out what it means to be a righteous man. How do we become righteous, set apart, consecrated, holy, kadosh people well, one thing I say, uh, fall feasts, we are knocking on the door right here, right now at Yom Teruah. Oh, interesting, right? What is it? A shofar blast is coming. No man knows the day or the hour. Oh, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. No man knows the day. No man knows the hour. Huh, that's just like trumpets, Yom Teruah. Oh, boy, this is interesting. Oh, Day of Atonement. Tabernacles. Yeshua comes back, tabernacles with men. Who does he tabernacle with, friend? Those who understood, discerned. Ah, righteous men. Set-apart men. Righteous, set-apart, consecrated men keep righteous, set-apart, holy, consecrated seasons. What are the seasons? festivals, feasts. Oh, the feasts of the Jews. I know. No, no, no. no. Oh, sorry, sir. The feasts of Yahweh Elohim, his feasts, not men's. Okay. So marked people keep marked holy days, convocations, gatherings, where Yahweh has appointed times for his people. I have to believe that is part now of being a righteous man, a set apart man. Okay. As we discussed, uh, this is a recent video. We won't go over it. The common belief is that judgment comes to those people and those people and those people. Oh, oh, get them over there. Yeah. Get that Democratic gun-hating, um, what, uh, environmentalist man. Go get them. Get the bad guys. Leave them alone. I like them. I mean, I mean, they're on your side, you know, because my enemies are God's enemies and we should say more appropriately, his or mine. Um, so anyway, mine or his is what I should say. Those people, those people, that's where judgment comes. And somehow we are removed and entirely spared. This is not a biblical pr uh, principle. We would have to ignore major portions of the Bible to believe that we ourselves do not have to be prepared for a coming judgment. Now, as we read 
Um, just a few of these here to bring this to a close. Please keep in mind that we have already covered in great length, I believe, the account of Noah's deliverance within judgment. Okay, Matthew chapter 25, Messiah speaks a parable of a returning master. He returns to examine the labors of his servants. This master does, and when the spotlight falls on the one who did nothing but sit there with what was given to him, with no thought of the master's return, a judgment is pronounced, and he, this, this lazy servant, he's put out. Oh, here we go. He's removed. The righteous stay with the master, and the lazy, wicked servant, as we're about to read, get him out. He's removed. The text continues to speak of Messiah's return in his glory alongside the angels to quote it. The righteous remain with the master. The evil are cast away and removed. So we must ask, has escapism doctrine postured the masses to actually fulfill and be the wicked and lazy servant? The one who is not prepared for the coming separation that Yeshua said he's coming to do. Okay? Luke chapter 12. Yeshua had much to say about preparedness. Be prepared and keep your lamps lit. You are also to be like people who are waiting for their master when he returns from the, the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door for him when he comes and knocks. So in other words, open the door. You get the, the, the visual here. The master's been away. He comes home. Open right there. I was at the door. I was waiting. Why? I knew you're coming. I've been watching. I've been listening. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I've been waiting. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I haven't heard from you for a while. But in the we're using Noah imagery here. I haven't heard anything for a while, but I knew you're coming. You told me you're coming back. I know. So open the door. I'm right there. Verse 37, blessed are those servants whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly, I say to you that he will pre prepare himself to serve and have them recline at the table, and he will come up and serve them. Whether he comes in the second watch or even in the third and finds them so, blessed are those servants. You too be ready. Why? Because the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not think he will. So what's the crux of this? This is not complicated. You better be ready at all times because you don't know when he's going to be at the door. But you know he's going to be at the door. So be ready. Be prepared. Messiah then speaks of how division must come um, that he himself instigates. Again, we're still in Luke chapter um, 12. Now we're looking at verses 54 through 56. Whenever you see a cloud rising in the west, you immediately say a shower is coming. And so it turns out. And whenever you feel a south wind blowing, you say it will be a hot day. And it turns out that way. Verse 56, you hypocrites, you know how to analyze the appearance of the earth and the sky, but how is it that you do not know how to analyze this present time? And I have gone over this way more times than I added to my notes, but to the point of what Yeshua said in Matthew 24, as in the days of Noah and when he entered the ark, those did not understand until the flood came about and took away, took them away. This is a redundant pattern, principle, throughout the word of Elohim. How do you know what's going on around? You, you learned, you've learned that. You've understood how, how the weather works, how the earth works, yes. But how is it you've not analyzed, thought through, understood 
this present time? Friend, this is a question that has to be posed to the body of Messiah as well. He continues in Luke chapter 24, verse 34, saying, quote, Be on your guard so that your hearts will not be weighed down with dissipation or burdens and drunkenness and the worries of life, and that this day will not come on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all those who live on the face of all the earth. Who? It will come upon all. Who's all? <laughs> Everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Verse 36, but stay alert at all times, at all times, praying that you will have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Son of Man reference, go all the way back to an hour and a half ago, two hours almost now, Son of Man reference. Days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man comes. Escape all these things. And we talked about, what are we talking about here? This is not, oh, see, it says escape. It says escape. This is not escape like sucking away. This is a literal judgment. Noah escaped the judgment. Let's just use the word and not my own opinion. No, Did Noah escape judgment? Yes, he did, of course, through deliverance in the midst of the judgment. Right? We have to redefine escape. He lived. He was preserved. He was experiencing the Yeshua, which is what? Yahweh's salvation. Okay? Factor these words of the Messiah, Luke chapter 21, that we just read, into the account of Noah that we've been discussing for the last two hours. Noah had to wait out Yahweh's will to be executed in perfect righteousness and judgment. And again, it surely seemed like he had been forgotten. Yet in Genesis chapter 8, Yahweh remembered Noah. He remembered his covenant. This is yet another reason why we must embrace the covenantal gospel, the covenantal gospel, not a prayer of asking Jesus in your heart, but a covenant gospel. Father always remembers his covenantal people. Okay? There is always a divide like, we, like we've already just talked about. How Yeshua came to bring a division. Okay? He will separate. As I always say, as of the last five years or so, you got two people in the world, the entire earth. Those in covenant, those not in covenant. Let's simplify. Not are you saved? Well, when I was 10, I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I have attended the Baptist church since 1974. And no, 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 no. Are you in a covenant, brother? Are you in covenant? Because you're either in covenant and you're Yahweh's righteous, set-apart, holy Kadosh people, or you're outside of covenant and judgment's coming for you. Okay? We could say, to go back to my point five minutes ago, you, Yahweh's righteous men, receive escape through endurance. Okay? I think that's a proper application of the entire um, theme we're proposing in this series. You escape via obedience, which provides you um, salvation in the midst of the judgment. I think that's a, a fair way to say it. So here we are yet again. Yahweh guards, preserves, and keeps those who guard, preserve, and keep his wonderful covenantal ways. We talked about this, Shamer. The last uh, major Hebrew word study we did, the Shamer principle is, when you, I will, when we, 
keep, obey, preserve Yahweh's ways like Noah did. He keeps, preserves, and saves, rescues us. That's what he does. Absolute finality here. We need discernment now to know when this is coming. When is this coming? We've got to be, we've got to have our ears on, discernment, notches turned way up. And how do we do that? Our flesh down, our spirit man up. We feed our spiritual man. And so here's where it gets personal. So what are you, friend, doing about these matters? Of your own heart, your own household, your children, your grandchildren? What are you doing to preserve a generational legacy of Yahweh's set-apart, holy, consecrated, righteous people that are walking in this pattern of the righteous man Noah who do what's commanded and then carry it out and wait with great travail upon the covenantal promises of Yahweh Elohim to come pass in Yahweh's timing and not ours as judgment falls and removes the unrighteous, lawless, wicked ones from the earth. It is what Yeshua came to do. He told us that. So how are you, friend, preparing to endure well? May we hear and then may we heed the endless warnings in the Bible that we have been given. Right now is the time to prepare. Why? Friends, judgment is coming. You've been watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for giving your time. Join into the conversation. Let us know how are you preparing? What do we need to do according to the word of Elohim? Amen.